Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our South Shore campus pastor, Hector Rivera, closes out our series, Waymaker. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Come on, can we continue in that love and adoration for our lead pastors, Pastor Greg and Pastor Tamara? Pastor, we love you. They're getting well, getting ready to get back in the saddle. Listen, let's, let's continue to love on our teaching team. Is that all right? They have done such a phenomenal job. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being online. Thank you for participating and joining us. Listen, we have such an amazing team. Let's uh, welcome our South Shore and our Plant City campus, Pastor Michael Pippen. We love you guys. Doing some amazing things this year. I tell you what, it's been a crazy year, huh? My goodness, three amens, maybe four. I don't know if you, if you endured what we've endured, amen, but I want to talk a little bit about some things, especially the promises of God, if that's okay. I'd like to just go ahead and pray so I can get out the way because I'm ready to hear God speak. Is that okay? Online, is that okay? Come on, let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I come before you and I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Father, for preparing me for such a time. Lord, this is the end of the year, Father God, the final message before we jump into the new season. Father, I thank you that I get this opportunity. Father, but as always, I have a message, a word that you have given me. Father, I'm asking you, use it all, but Lord, use as much as you want, as little or as much as you want, Father. All I ask is that I would move out of the way, Father, that you would speak through me by way of Holy Spirit to minister to your saints, and that includes me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Amen. Listen, can, can we just clap one more time for Pastor Stephen Robles? Hasn't he done an amazing job filling in? Come on, Pastor Stephen, brother, filling in. Listen, it isn't easy getting up here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We endure many attacks, as you have seen throughout this season. Yourself, you've experienced it. Ourselves as leaders, we've experienced it. I love it that we are in this series, Waymaker. We're landing the series, Waymaker. And I get the opportunity to speak on light in the darkness. That portion of it. Okay, now, I love this song because it's just such a good song. You know, it just rolls right off the lips, right? I mean, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. He's a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Right? It's a powerful word. And it fits and it feels so good. It's such a good song. But you know, these songs weren't always birthed through fun times. In fact, most songs that we hear are not only birthed through scripture, but through trial and tribulation, pain and anguish. You see, so when I sing this song, I have to define it as a song because it has lyrics and musical notes. But for me, it's become an anthem, a declaration. So when I sing that he is my way maker, I am literally speaking those things to be not as though they were. I am speaking that he is my miracle worker. Even through COVID, he's working. You know what I'm saying? Even through this election, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. You see, I, you see, it has become an anthem for me in my house because all kinds of hell broke loose at the Rivera home. You see, all kinds of things have come our ways and we have learned to endure. But it has to be more than a song. 
He has to actually become the declaration of Waymaker in our lives. So you see, the deal with the way how God tries to do things and how the enemy does is completely the difference. It's the complete opposite. Light and darkness. Pain and anguish, trial and tribulation. I've endured some trials, but let me tell you something about trials, church. It is but a test. But will we endure the test? Will we endure? Will we suffer as good soldiers and sisters and brothers in Christ in this trial that we have been in through this pandemic? It's only a test. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. No, no, no. Like you mean it. Amen. They're next to you. Say neighbor. neighbor. It's only a test. Listen, what the enemy is trying to do and what he is trying to capitalize is on your fear so that then he can turn out your light. My God, God, that's powerful. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. He is wanting for you to isolate by way of fear so that your light will burn out. Here's the big idea. Don't let your light Burnout. Here's why. Because isolation looks like darkness. Darkness in our lives, in our family, in our ministry, in our relationships with God. You see, what the enemy is trying to do is make you think that he is coming after you to blow you out this way. He has deceived us for so long, so we look for him to blow us out in that direction. So you're thinking he's coming that way, but in reality, you see the way that he's really coming? You see, he wants to see you burn, baby. You see, he wants for you to burn bright. I'm talking about the enemy, okay? I am talking about the enemy. I'm getting there. Hey, you know what? Won't God do it, though? God said, bring two. Come on, Jesus. So what the enemy's trying to do, he's trying to isolate you. He's trying to put you in a place where you can sit tight and you're saying, well, pastor, I spent time with God. Pastor, everything's going good in my house. I love the Lord. You see, but what he's trying to do is get you to isolate from God in such a way that you are ineffective. You see, you're burning and you're saying, well, pastor, I'm in church. You're preaching to me. Pastor, I'm online. I'm watching. But he is strategically making sure that your light completely burns out. You see, what he is doing is he is trying to quench you to the place where you are completely thinking you're burning, but you just actually burnt out. It's isolation by way of fear. Because he knows that if your light burns out, then there are others around you that will not catch on fire. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to isolate us by way of fear. You see, but when you have one person deciding to light a candle... That person then gives the candle to the next person. 
and the next person then lights that person, and that person lights that person, and then the child and the generations, listen, it's not going to skip my generation, amen, it's not going to skip my children's generation, then it lights up the whole room, and before you know it, you got a whole place on fire for God. Light dispels darkness, and the last time I checked, it's in you and me. But if we isolate from God, then we'll think we're burning, but we're actually burning out. I'm going to keep it simple. You see, but I'm not walking into 2021 the way I lived 2020. I'm not going to walk in the fear. I'm not walking in 2021 with fear. I'm going to explain this for you, and I want, to, I want to break it down, amen, but I like to use the word of God, amen, because it preaches all by itself. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. I'm going to read verses 23 through 25. Hebrews, Hebreros, 10, capítulo 10, verses 23 through 25. And it says, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering For he who promised is faithful. Church, when did God stop following through with his promises? When did God stop being faithful? Listen, I'm only asking this question because I think that's the way I've been seeing us respond to God. You see, in the midst of trial, we've been responding to God as though his promises aren't true. As though he is not faithful. You see, the, the promises, there's a man by the name of Everett Storms. And after reading the Bible, listen to this, 27 different times, he went through and processed a process of looking and writing down every promise that he can find. He came up with 8,810 promises in the Bible. 7,487 of those Bibles were promises made by God to humankind. Tell me again why we feel like the promises of God aren't true based on our action of what our surrounding is dictating to us. I know we got to act and look like, boy, you see, but fear has crept in in multiple ways. I'm going to talk about it. Let me tell you about some of these promises. There's one promise. I will be with you. I will protect you, the Bible says. The Lord His promise, I will be your strength. I will answer you. I will provide for you. I will give you peace. I will always love you. There are seven promises right there. You still have (laughs) 7,480. If you're looking for a few more. Promises of God to humankind. Listen, God's promises are unfailing, church. We have to hold fast to his word so that we can continue to burn bright. Listen to me. You don't ask a candle how bright you're going to shine. You just light it and you expect for it to shine. You expect for it at its fullest to give out what it's supposed to give out. Have we? Have we? Listen, I'm I'm not walking into 2021 the same way I live 2020. I can't do it. Too much is a stake. My family's a stake. Your family's a stake. Too much is a stake. Solomon said in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, in accordance with everything that he promised. 
Not one word has failed of all his good promises, which he promised through Moses, his servant. Listen, the promises that God has given us were before our time. They've been established. All we must do is believe them and walk them out. Church, listen to me, church. Don't let your light burn out. Verse 24, and let's consider how to encourage one another in love and in good deeds. We can't do this by isolating. Verse 25, not abandoning. Listen to this verse. This is in scripture. This is not Hector's version. Verse 25 says, not abandoning our meeting together as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Listen to me. The Bible is clear that we are supposed to continue to gather together. I am not saying, listen to me, please, please hear me. I am not saying to you, okay, and listen to me from my heart. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I am not saying to you, nor judging you whether or not you come to church or not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not judging you if you get online or don't get online. I'm not judging you if you leave your house or you don't leave your house. Period is, I am not judging you at all. Many of us have situations and loved ones and sickness and health. I get that. I understand. Listen, my family didn't gather for Thanksgiving or Christmas either. Life's changed, but talk to me. No gathering? No connecting? No fellowship, no time together. I wonder what if the crossing church would have said, you know what, no gathering, let's shut it all down. Just, just for a moment, imagine this for me for just a moment. If the crossing would have said, let's shut this down, 30,000 pounds of food would not have been distributed during COVID. 30,000 pounds of food, okay? Plant City facilities got purchased, amen. We're still growing, we're still moving, we're still getting after it. That wouldn't have happened. 120 life groups. They grew. Hundreds of salvations took place during COVID. We should have shut the doors down. $29,000 were raised for people in need through our benevolence, sisterhood ministry. 125 people joined the Bible college. Listen, I'm one of those. In about six months, I'm going to walk out of there with my bachelor's degree. But we should have closed the doors. Listen, we have this ministry called Group Life. Listen to me. If you're staying home, praise God. If you're coming to church, praise God. If you're watching online, praise God. We have these ministries under the Group Life umbrella that give us the opportunity for us to continue to connect the same way that God tells us in our word that we should not stop doing, and that's to come together. Group life, life groups. You can join a life group. Three S's, social, share, and serve. You come together. Together. You're like, well, pastor, how many? Go and check it out. You can still come together, and guess what? There's still a Zoom option. I can't do that. There's a Zoom You cannot isolate because when we isolate, we're isolating from God. Why? Because if we operate in fear, then how can we operate in power, love, and of a sound mind? Oil and water don't mix. Listen to me. The enemy's trying to kill that light out. 
I'm telling you, he's slowly creeping in. And you're thinking he's just going to. No, he just wants to put the lid on it. He's like, "Ah, you hang out right there, buddy. Just you just keep burning. You're doing good. You're doing good. And before you know it, you're burnt out. We have sisterhood ministries, Iron Man, ministry to women, ministry to men, Zoom options in both. Men growing. Our men's ministry grew by a third. I mean, it's, maybe we should have shut down too. I'm not going into 2021 the same way I live 2020, church. You see, when you isolate because of fear, you truly don't isolate, but you actually enjoin, you prescribe or adopt to what's actually around you and what's being dictated. You don't truly isolate. Let me explain to you really quick. I'm going to give you two examples. The Bible says in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, we heard the story. They said they built a tower to avoid a second flood. They were operating in fear which resulted in unity divided from God that then brought the sin of pride. The enemy always tries to disguise confusion and call it unity. Oh my goodness, I wish I had some help. You see, everywhere today you see it, people gather under the banner of gender confusion, political confusion, and anarchy. Listen, our God is not the God of, he's not the author of confusion. You see, but what they did was they came unified in fear against God, and they said, we're going to build this tower because we don't want the second flood to come get us. We know better than God. The sin of pride fell in. And God, what did he do? He came down and changed the whole language. You want confusion? Guess what? God turned them over to it. Why? They were actually confused about who God really was. Church, if our light burns out, how are they going to know who God really is? Don't let your light burn out. Let's look at this other example. I'm going to compare in Acts 1 and Acts 2. Because there was another elevation that took place in the upper room. Acts 1 said, Acts 1 Verse 1 says, the first account, I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So this is an account of what Jesus did. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had given orders by way of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gave orders, but it was the Holy Spirit that gave them. To the apostles whom he had chosen. Listen, church, we have been given instructions. It is right here in the volume of the book. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, spoke through him, and he gave instructions to the apostles. Verse 3, he says, To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of things regarding the kingdom of God. The proof was there. Jesus passed on the Passover. From the Passover to Pentecost, there's a 50-day gap. He hung out with them for 40 days. And then he ascended. Verse 4, he says, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. He gave them instruction. He said, sit tight. He said, but to wait for what the Father had what? Promised. 
The promise. The promise. He says, which he said, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Church, are we waiting on the promises of God? Here's one promise, 2 Timothy 1.7, I said it earlier. For God has not given us the spirit of what? Fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. It does not mix. Now we see what happens in chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Approximately 7 to 10 days Imagine this, 120 people from all over different places gathered together in the upper room. They waited seven to ten days. They took heed to God's word and waited. Verse 1, chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves, and a tongue rested on each one of them. Think about this. A, a fire, a tongue that looked like fire rested on top of them. Bloop. The Holy Spirit came. The very Holy Spirit that was leading Jesus Christ, as I just mentioned in chapter 1. That gave instructions. He says, I love you so much, I'm going to send the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can burn bright. But you got to wait for it. They waited seven to ten days and assessed in verse four. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Why is this important? Let me explain the two comparisons. The Tower of Babel, they came together in unity because of confusion out of fear. They built a tower and they got the whole dialect changed. Here you had men waiting on God, 120 of them because he gave instruction and in the upper room they waited in unity with God and God changed the whole dialect yet they still understood each other. Oh man, listen, you, you done lost your moment to shout. God restored what happened in Babel in the upper room. Yes. My God. The dialect changed and they were praying in the spirit and they said, aren't these guys Galileans? Why do they speak and I'm understanding? You see, when we start to enjoin the fear that this world is telling us and we forget the promises of God we start erecting all sorts of prideful towers trying to tell the world and others what should be and should not be that's why we have issues right now even with our election but when we come unified with God his promises are true and everlasting and when we come together, circumstances change. You see, I don't have to be in a room with somebody per se, but I can be in agreement. And if we all come in agreement and we start burning bright, I'm not talking about with just a little bit on, a little bit off. I'm talking about burning, burning. Everything we come in contact with will catch on fire.
listen, I'm sorry if you expected uh, I'm going to go to the gym in the New Year um, sermon and I'm going to, you know, start eating right. I'm going to lose these 19 COVID pounds I gained. Uh, I'm sorry. My declaration is I'm not walking into 2021 the same way I live 2020. I'm going to do it today. I made up my mind. Listen, I'm not talking about some cute new age concept where crisis in everyone and everyone is in Christ. That's far from it. I'm talking about an incredible truth and an experience that makes every Christian life something far greater and far more rewarding than just trying to be your very best for Jesus, church. Listen to me. It is his presence. It is his rest learned to Sabbath. It is his activity in and every through believer. This is an experience that the Bible calls Christ Jesus in you, the hope of glory. This is what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to turn to the last few verses. Amen. I don't want to bore you anymore. Let's go to Colossians, the first chapter, verse 24. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 through 29, and I'm going to land it. Verse 24, this to me, church, was the most powerful body of scripture I have read all year long. You see, I used to have this righteous anger. I was telling somebody today, I said, now I have this 100% full conviction. I am unshaken, unbreakable, unstoppable. I have a different mindset. It's, it's shifted. And hopefully these scriptures will do the same for you. Verse 24, this is Paul. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, he's saying to the church. And in my flesh, I am supplementing what is lacking in Christ's affliction in behalf of his body, which is the church. Here we are. I was made a minister of his church according to the commission from God granted to me for your benefit, he says, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. So far, it's Paul. Paul, this is on you. But he says, that is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations. He put a comma on there. I get excited on punctuations. Because he put a period that would have been just for Paul. But he says, comma. He's talking about the mystery and the hidden things from past ages and generations. He says, but now has been revealed to his saints. The mystery has been revealed. He says, comma, verse 27, to whom God will to make known what the wealth of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles is. You and I, the Gentiles. He says, the mystery, that is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I have revealed my light to you, and now it's in you, Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. How will you choose to burn? You're going to burn bright? Or are we going to burn out? Don't tell me pastor said we're supposed to gather 62,000. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. How's our prayer life? Oh, come on, man. Mine wavered some. Working from home. That don't work for me. I started to get lazy. I'm talking about Hector, amen? My prayer life hindered. My study time hindered. I had to clean some stuff off. 
said, this is not my regimen. Just because things started to shift, this is not the first time fear has tried to creep in. I'm not going to change my lifestyle and my posture with my father knowing that I have Christ in me based on my circumstances trying to dictate who I am and what I can do. I'm not telling you don't put on gloves, put on a mask. You can shrink wrap if you want. I'm just telling you that I am not going to isolate from my father. We've isolated. Thinking he hasn't crept in, he has. Let me land it. Verse 28, we proclaim him, he says, admonishing every person. Now he went from I, listen to that transition. He went from I was given to we proclaim. You and I have joined him. He says, we proclaim him, Jesus, God, admonishing every person and teaching every person with all wisdom so that we may present every person complete in Christ. Is your whole house complete in Christ? Is your, can you say that your whole house is complete? Mom, dad, brother, sister, Billy, Lily. It is our job as Christ in us, the hope of glory, to make those around us complete in him. The only way we do this if we shine bright. Yeah. Verse 29, for this purpose I also labor, striving according to his power, which works mightily within me. That same power. That same power. Christ Jesus, Christ in you, in me, the hope of glory. Church. Don't let your light burn out. Gosh, I'm borderline begging you. I'm urging you. Don't let your light burn out. You think, well, pastor, I'm in church. I get it. I'm watching online. I'm watching you. I get it. Fear has crept in. Listen to me. Today, I want to cast out all fear. All fear. You might say, well, pastor, I'm good. Okay, man. You're the only one in here good. That's good. Listen to me. Fear from finance. I have spoken with more people about finance, fear, fearful. They're never going to get a job. How are they going to make, I, fear from people. Cleared my throat at the store the other day. You'd have thought, I mean, I, people were going to come out with hazmat suits. I said, clearing my throat, brother. Is that a symptom? I mean, Listen, I'm not saying don't be cautious. I'm just saying fear. Fear of sickness. I don't want to get it. Listen, when I, I was exposed to somebody in the very beginnings of COVID that had tested positive, man, you'd have thought I lost my mind. I don't know about you. I know that's just me, man. Everyone in here ain't been tested. Everybody's good. Y'all been good. For me, though, Man, I was around somebody. Man, I went to the nearest place. Man, they, they, man, they shoved that thing up to my brain. They just killed like a hundred brain cells. Just, they were like, man, if I ain't got COVID, I don't know if I do now. I mean, my eyes were watering, my nose was running. I looked like something was wrong with me after that. Then I ran to another clinic and they drew blood so they could test it immediately. And I'm just sitting there saying, ma'am, listen, here's what happened. I'm explaining everything to her like I just ran a stop sign or something. 
you know, I'm like, ma'am, listen, is it thinking somebody was going to just open up that wall and come out and grab me or something? You know, it was just crazy. In fear. Came out negative both times. I, they, they got paid, though. They, they were like, come back tomorrow. <laughs> In fear. I think I was around the guy for like two seconds. So here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm just going to land it right here. Listen, for me, I, I'm not going to walk in fear of people, fear of government, fear of health. Listen, there's people out there afraid of dying. I'm not telling you that's a light subject. I've buried many people. I've had the blessing to celebrate many lives. Let me say it that way. But I know for certain that when my good Lord comes knocking, there ain't no fear as to where I'm going. So here's what I want us to do. I just want us to make sure if you haven't accepted this Jesus, this promise keeper that we know of, miracle worker, light in the darkness, here's what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to ask us here online at our other campuses, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Lord, dear Lord, I've fallen short. Lord, I thank you for your son to endure the cross, to shed his blood for me that rids me from all sin and gives me access to everlasting life. Forgive me, Lord, I repent. I welcome you into my life. Lead me and guide me all of my days. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me for the very first time, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you here online to raise your hand on the count of three and just let me know. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, I see you. Come on, I see you. Anybody else? Come on. Can we stand up and celebrate? Hey, let's stand up and celebrate. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's celebrate. Some people got saved, my goodness. Listen to me, I wanna, I wanna help in, in something here right now. I wanna take this opportunity. I wanna have this moment of ministry. I was dying to get to this point right here. If you are operating in any kind of fear, any kind of fear, I named some off. If you're operating in any kind of fear, then the enemy's trying to get you to burn out. I didn't say, the Bible said it. Second Timothy. If you're operating in any kind of fear here online, can you just raise your hand? I mean, listen, I know they're, they're going to look at you. It's okay. Let them look at you. They're going to look at you. Keep your hand up for me. Any kind of fear. Listen, sometimes as a pastor, I'll sit back there and say, man, I can't raise my hand. I'm a pastor. My hand is up because I was dealing with it. I'm just keeping it real, man. I just leave it all on the field in 2020. If that's you, I'm just going to take a moment. Keep your hand up. I know it, it might hurt a minute, but it's okay. Come on. Any kind of fear. Any kind of fear. Fear of people. Fear of finance. Fear of what's next. I'm going to pray for you, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be bold. I want you to just look around and look at those folks that their hands are up. And I want you to start interceding for one another. 
You see, we break those barriers of fear by interceding for one another. You're like, I ain't never prayed for nobody. My goodness, get over that fear too. So look at that neighbor, and as I pray, maybe you ask him, you say, hey, can I tap you on the shoulder and pray for you? You don't even got to ask him what you need to pray about, fear. That's it. Let's pray for one another. Let's walk into this new season differently than we did last. I'm going to pray for you now. Start praying for each other. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I know that... Sometimes we, we got to wait on the pastor to make the move and to do Lord, I pray that they would be the royal priests of their home. That they would take charge right now and start to pray for one another, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I bind up every lie of the enemy that can hear my voice here and online. We rebuke the enemy and his lies and his fears. He will not cause us to burn out. Lord, we see his tactics. We see what the enemy is trying to do and we're calling it out right now in Jesus' name. We command fear to be gone. Generational curses in Jesus' name. Anything that we have tied ourselves with that is ungodly in Jesus' name, Father God. Lord, I I pray that freedom would hit everyone that's listening to this voice like a wave (laughs) like in the upper room that it would fall on each and every one of us to cause us to burn bright for you Father thank you for setting our people free all we must do is hold fast to your promised word in Jesus name Amen We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message with campus pastor Hector Rivera. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch or download our app. You can go to wearecrossing.com and you'll find links to both the iPhone and Android apps. We hope you have a great new year and we can't wait to worship with you next weekend.